This is On the Line. From the capstone to the plains, in-depth coverage, opinions, and analysis of the most heated rivalry in all of sports, all things Alabama and Auburn are right here. Now, you're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law on AU100, Kicks 96.3 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. It's Iron Bowl Saturday if you're listening to us on the radio at 10 a.m. or if you're joining us on demand on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Jeremy, how you doing today, my man? I could be doing better, my man. Uh, but looking forward to the Iron Bowl today. I uh, had some good football yesterday, some good NFL football on Thursday, and ready to, I guess, rivalry weekend, even though you have a a couple games coming up after this week still just as important as it's always been so ready to jump into it we have a litany of things to talk about on today's show auburn and alabama basketball have gotten started this past week college basketball is back and that's great for a number of reasons mainly because it is going to be a season that is largely untouched by the coronavirus like we're still going to get a full year we've got non-conference matchups the NCAA tournament's still on as planned like it's as normal of a season as we've gotten other than the NFL we're going to have fans in attendance and hopefully over time it'll work up to be full arenas again if that even happens this year but then also we've got a full slate of college football and it's rivalry week a little bit earlier in the college football schedule not on the calendar but on the schedule the way things have been delayed this year but we got a full show to talk about these things speed round will be coming up in our next segment and then we'll wrap up the show with some rivalry week picks but first Jeremy it's Iron Bowl week Thanksgiving has passed and I want to know are you a ham or turkey guy man ham I don't know like if you can get the dark meat off the turkey the light meat I think a lot of people would agree with me the, the white meat on the turkey is not the best I agree. Dark, dark meat much better. Um, ham. Ham to me has always been good, but it's never been the, like, a lot of people just go crazy over ham. And to me, it's not even that great of a, I'm not a big ham guy. But I don't know. I had a lot of good things. I had a, I am positive for COVID, Noah, so I have missed Thanksgiving with my family. But they did bring me some leftover foods. I haven't lost taste or smell, so I was able to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner at least uh thursday night and then yesterday for lunch so you know didn't get all the festivities but you better know i'm ramping up for christmas now so miss thanksgiving when christmas rolls around i may be 300 pounds once christmas is over i'm praying for you man i i hate it for you missing thanksgiving and this is a terrible time for a lot of folks hey did you at least cook in the home oh no i've been down and out my man down and out but uh we're doing this show today so we're good to go a lot remote of, locations and we're doing this digitally <laughs> I'm in my man cave in the basement where I'll be watching the Iron Bowl, where I've watched every bit of football over the last few days. So it's uh, it's been a, it's, it hasn't been that bad. I'm not going to mock the coronavirus because I know it's affected a lot of people in a lot of bad ways. But you know, for me, it's been a, it's been a, probably not the worst cold I've ever had, but it's still pretty bad. So we're just moving through. Looking forward to the Iron Bowl today. A Nick Sabanless Iron Bowl, a possibly Slade Boldenless. Iron Bowl, which means you're missing Slade Bolden and Jalen Waddle. Um, a lot of people still feel like there could be some game time decisions due to coronavirus as those late tests come in today because, you know, if the head coach has it, there's chances that more people have it, and we're still waiting to see how many people could be out for Alabama. But 
It's still the Iron Bowl in Brian Denny Stadium, a place where Auburn hasn't won since 2010. If you're an Alabama fan, you got to feel pretty good. Um, I don't know what's what's the feel like on the planes right now, Noah. I know you guys are not looking to get beat um, by number one teams in back-to-back days in basketball and football. So how do you manage that? Well, Auburn's not, to our knowledge, dealing with as many COVID issues as Alabama is. And, you know, I was about to make a joke that the virus can't be transmitted over our uh, over our Google Meet session that we've got right now. And Nick Saban's making the same complaint about the fact that he can't communicate with any of his coaches in the box. And I'll be real, that's that's pretty stupid. That is a dumb rule that Nick Saban yeah. can't coach from a hospital bed like uh, like Liberty's Hugh Freeze at the time. I don't know Nick Saban won't be in a hospital bed for this game, but I'm just saying it's kind of strange that he I've, can't communicate with him remotely. I've wondered, I was going to ask you how you would feel if – the SEC, it feels like we've made so many COVID accommodations, right? From attendance to testing to so many things. Like the, these SEC schools have probably spent millions of dollars in testing over the last four months. No telling what they're going to spend over the entire year when you start talking about testing and making sure that you're on the court. To me, like, could you not set up a box? Could you not set up a camera on the field where Saban can just watch the CBS feed and then? Could he wear a hazmat least, suit? I mean, I'm not. I'm not even talking about him being <laughs> in the stadium. I'm just talking about him being able to sit there, talk and talk back and forth to not even a coach on the field, just one of your coaches in the booth that have a headset on. I mean, what's the big deal? Give him I know, a skybox, right? I'm not. I'm not even talking about going to the stadium. I'm talking about sit at home yep. and just. Just communicate adjustments. We've made so many COVID accommodations. I don't care if it's Gus, Pruitt, whoever has COVID, not just Saban. But you're going to completely – it seems like they have tried everything to make this as normal as possible. But then when a head coach gets COVID, he can't – you're telling me with the technologies that we have, and he would still count as one of the coaches that have a headset on. So it isn't like you have more coaches than you're allowed, which is I think is the eight, seven or eight headset rule for coaches that can – relay messages back and forth he'd still be one of those coaches he's just in a separate location what's the difference between being at home and being in the booth they let you're not freeze do it i don't get it why this year he was in a hospital and he and his back was out and everything and that was i don't know if that was last year or two years ago but i mean it's been recent i don't know why all of a sudden covid's changed that that it's an odd rule filling on the planes not too many auburn fans are optimistic about beating alabama today that is not – and I understand it. This I'm trying to figure out which year this feels more like. If this feels more like 2016 or 2018, I, I, can't get, I can't get a vibe for it yet because in 2016, if you'll remember, Auburn, prior to losing to Georgia, was very much so in the SEC championship race yeah. and then lost to Georgia because, you know, Sean White injuries and then the fact that they only scored six points in, in the Deep South's oldest rivalry at Athens. It, it didn't make sense. That game – was all an injury, was all conundrums around injuries, around Cameron Petway blowing out his hamstring. That that was all that. And then in 2018, we just knew Auburn wasn't going to com- compete and it was a blowout. At least in 2016, Auburn hung around in the iron ball till at least, you know, the start of the fourth quarter. And in 2018, that wasn't the case. I'm trying to figure out which game it's going to be this year. If it's going to be more like 2018 where Auburn gave up, you know, over 50 points or if it's going to be more like 2016 where the defense is going to show up, at least keep it respectable and the offense is going to be more of the one to struggle and I, 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 Alabama's either going to gain 800 yards on the ground or 800 through the air. That's what I texted you last week uh, during the Tennessee game because right now Auburn's defense looks like it reverted. And maybe it was a little bit 
of just the fact that they hadn't played in three weeks last week against Tennessee, but we know Tennessee's got a good offensive line that some people have said is underperformed this year. We know that as far as recruiting is concerned, it is the lone offensive line in this league that is comparable to Alabama in the recruiting rankings that they have put on the field. And we know that Alabama should be able to move Auburn's defensive line and linebackers around at will. I don't even know if Mac Jones is going to cross 300 yards against Auburn because they may not have to throw the football. I actually think it is probably a worse game plan decision for Alabama to throw the football against Auburn because I think the best part about Auburn's defense is the secondary. You still got guys like Roger McCreary, Nehemiah Pritchett on the upside. Jalen Simpson's been solid. The safety smoke Monday was just defensive player of the week. Jamin Sherwood is one of the you know better hybrid safeties out there in the country when you look at Auburn's secondary I don't think that that's the side of the football that you want to attack if you're Alabama I think it's the front seven because that has been super underwhelming this year for Auburn and we all thought it was going to be a strength in defending the run yeah the defensive line not as good as in years past but you can expect that when you lose a Marlon Davidson and a um, Derrick Brown right I mean you knew if you're looking at Auburn's roster, you knew that you were taking a step back and hopefully you can make it up at the linebacker position where Alabama's been hampered for the last few years. Auburn's going to get a little bit of taste of that today without K.J. Britt. How do you stop the run up the middle? Because it looks like all five of Alabama's offensive linemen are NFL players. I mean, starting with Dickerson in the middle, it doesn't get any easier when you go out wide. Deontay Brown, Neal, Leatherwood. I mean, these. this is the best offensive line, I think, in college football, and that's from an unbiased set. I think Notre Dame's, if they were fully healthy, would probably be up there as well as one of the top. They're, they missed two guys yesterday in that start in the game against North Carolina. So this Alabama offensive line, I think, and because it's so good, I think you're right, is Alabama is going to – Auburn will find a way to neutralize Devontae Smith to a point. He hasn't been neutralized much this year. Um, when Waddle was on the team, when Waddle was, was healthy and playing, you couldn't shade Devontae because you had to worry about Waddle. Um, but with a banged-up Slade Bolden, with Devontae Smith going to get shaded by a high safety and maybe an outside linebacker covering his way a little bit too on top of a corner, Kevin still is going to find a way to neutralize Devontae Smith. How does Alabama open that up? Listen, they run the football, and you force the safeties to not to have to come up and play and that's when Alabama's going to – they're going to dink, dink, dink with some runs, and then they're going to try to take their shots. And it's also not just Devontae Smith this year. I know John Mechie, he only had one target last week. It was a touchdown. I think he had one catch, 18 yards, and a TD. But Devontae Smith was the guy who got, I think, targeted like 15 times last week. Billingsley out of nowhere, a banged-up Slade Bolden. So you're going to be able to see if Mac Jones can not just look at Devontae Smith against a very good defensive coordinator and a very good defensive backfield in Auburn, and if he can really spread the ball around now that he Slay Bolden's going to be hampered with an injury, Jalen Waddle's out, and then can Alabama – I don't think they've been able to say, we're going to run the football, and we've ran it this year because the passing game has been so good, but I think they're going to have to say that today. I think you're right. They're going to have to say, we're running the football first, and then we're going to be able to hit something over the top – if the running game is successful. And the big question is whether Steve Sarkeesian will will take that route because I, I think he's more of a pass-first offensive coordinator out there. But then again, coordinators are going to do what it takes to win ball games. I just wonder how they view the Auburn secondary and if they think that that's the way that they want to attack it. Because the center of the Alabama game plan this year, it's balance every year. But they definitely – the best part about the Alabama offense is the ability to throw the football this year. You wonder how they're going to go about that in this game. I'll tell you this. 
the the game plan, the schematic here for Auburn's defense that's going to hamper them, and it has hampered them since the Minnesota game last year. And I touch on this a lot. Some people agree with me. Some people disagree with me. Whatever. Auburn plays in the nickel nonstop, meaning two linebackers are on the field, five defensive backs. And that's fine when you're playing against teams that like to throw the ball as much as Alabama. It helps you out in the passing game. But most teams can't run the ball as well as Alabama when they spread the field out. Alabama's still going to have a tight end on the field. They're still going to beat you up front because their offensive line is that good. Like Alabama can afford to have less run blockers on the field and run out of spread four wide receiver sets and jab you in the interior and then hit you with the uppercut off of a play action later on. And I think that's what we're going to see here. With only two linebackers on the field, it makes it super easy to block. You'll always at least have as many blockers on the field as there are line, uh, as there are defenders in the tackle box. And Auburn's been really poor at defending the run here when it gets onto these one-on-one situations. Auburn just hasn't been able to beat the man in front of them. And it's been like that since the Minnesota game last year. So I think Alabama, if they just spread Auburn out, just by nature of the way that these two teams line up, how Auburn lines up on defense in the nickel often, and how Alabama lines up in the shotgun spreading it out, I think just by virtue of the way that these formations look and by the personnel, Alabama has a distinct advantage against Auburn's defense. I don't know if there's anything that Auburn can do on Saturday to even contain. I've been famous for saying this whole season, at least on our show, saying that only the most elite defenses can hope to contain Alabama's offense. Nobody can stop it. I don't even know if Auburn's going to be able to contain it on Saturday. I think you could be looking into the upper 40s. I know I'm already giving my pick here. I mean, it's been easy to go ahead and give this pick here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like 49-24 or something like that. Granted, I think Auburn's going to be able to score on Alabama's defense. If they can protect Bo Nix, I think Auburn will be able to find some points. I think the ground game will work just fine. But I think 49-24, I think something that you could be looking at here. Gus Malzahn always has a great game plan for these games. He always gets the team to play up for it, and that's the nature of the rivalry game. So you think that with banged-up tackles, a banged-up offensive line, a banged-up Tank Bigsby, that Auburn's running game is going to be just fine today? I think it's very possible. I think, I think now – I think Shivers and DJ Williams have filled in very nicely. The offense looks dramatically different without Tank Bigsby on the field. When you look at it, Auburn only scored 23 offensive points against a defense that allowed 30 points a game, um, and that's Tennessee last week, and that was without Tank Bigsby. So that is a major concern. You are you're hitting all the all the bonus points right there with the, with three offensive linemen out and then Bigsby out, and Alabama defense has improved. But I just have a hard time believing. And, and I, you're 100% right in what you just said. I just have a hard time believing that we see something like we did in 2012 with it being like 49-0. to zero. I just have a hard time believing that this Iron Bowl is going to go that way. Auburn always ends up sure. finding a way to play above themselves. And I don't think scoring 24 points is, is out of the realm of possibility in this year's college football. 24 points isn't a high mark to hit. No, and I agree I agree with what you're saying. I was just saying the running game. I think Bo Nix will have a better chance of um, – with through motion, um, through some different sets that Auburn hasn't seen this year because we know that since they lost to South Carolina, this has been a Iron Bowler bust year for Auburn. Been eliminated from the college football playoff. You have to beat Alabama or you go another year where you've lost to both Alabama and Georgia in the same year, which has happened to Gus quite a few times. But when you look at the running game, when you look at the offensive line, no tank Bigsby, I'm trying to figure out where Auburn's points are going to come from. Now, 
Alabama's offense is set up for other teams to score. It's a fast pace up and down the field. Probably, I'm going to say, like three minutes per possession type of offense because they score so quickly. It is set up for other teams to take advantage of a tired defense. I mean, that's what Alabama's been so good this year is that they have been able to score and find a way to get stops, which they didn't do last year. And when I look at the last year's Iron Bowl and I watch what Steve Sarkeesian did to a defense that everybody said, which I didn't really think, a defense that was is way better than this year's Auburn's defense. Through 11 games before the Iron Bowl, last year's Auburn defense was way better than this year's defense for Auburn could ever think about being. And Steve Sarkeesian was able to do that, and that defense was at full strength. Now you're missing K.J. Britt. You've lost all the talent that you had in the front seven last year outside of him. Owen Papo hasn't really lived up to Owen Papo's standards yet. Um, and so if you're Alabama, I think you th- you have some favorable matchups as all, as all, if Auburn comes out in the nickel. Because we've seen the genius of Steve Sarkeesian this year. He is, he's had the nickel neutralizer. Spread two tight ends and make the defense find a way to match up with what you're doing. Because not only that, if you come out in the spread two tight ends while they're in the nickel and they adjust, well, guess what? You're still in the spread. So you still, if they bring more guys in the box, guess what you can do? You're an audible away from having five wide, especially with the type of tight end that is very successful in today's college football which is Miller Forstalls and Jaleel Billingsley's guys that can block pretty good, but can also catch the ball off the line of scrimmage very well. So if you're Alabama, you feel great about this situation going into this game because of how well you have dominated nickel defenses all year. Georgia came out in it. A lot of defenses has tried to come out in it because that's what schematics say, right? When Alabama's in this set, we need to be in the nickel when they have this formation. But Sark has said, instead of, Instead of four wide receivers, we'll have two wides, two tight ends, and figure it out for the defense. And it, it's boded pretty well this year through, a, what's Alabama, 8-0 right now? This will be the ninth game of the – no, this will be the seventh game of the year for Alabama or something like that. So it's boded pretty well so far this year. I'm just not sure how Auburn's going to be able to stop Alabama with its offensive line, with Devontae Smith, John Mechie, if Slay Bolden's able to go – and then I think Mac Jones, who had a, a magnificent game against Auburn last year outside of two interceptions that were just – that will probably never happen again because that has never happened. Two pick sixes for Alabama hasn't happened since the 1950s. It's not going to happen today. So when you look at the Iron Bowl, I know you say Auburn fans aren't too confident, but as Alabama fans, I, we're still completely scared about the Iron Bowl. Noah. <laughs> and we're terrified of this game. The Iron Bowl is – if. The Iron Bowl for Alabama fans, there's no satisfaction. If you win, you take a deep breath, and you just have to you just have to worry about it 365 days from now. If you lose, you have to take a deep breath, and you have to hear about it for 365 days. The Iron Bowl is not a win-win situation for Alabama. On the other side of this break, we've got Speed Round presented by the Brown Insurance Agency coming up here on AU100, Kicks 96.3 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. You're on the line. Now, Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. Back on AU100, Kicks 96.3 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law with you on the line or on the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. It's time for Speed Round, presented by the Brown Insurance Agency. Speed Round, 
Life is coming at you fast. Just like Speed Round, make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown, Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. Jeremy, same rules as always. We've got six questions for everybody this week. We'll spend about two to three minutes on each one. You ready to go? Let's do it. Question number one. We'll start with Auburn basketball, and we haven't got to talk about basketball much, so speed round's going to be heavy basketball talk right here as the college basketball season has begun. What do you think about Auburn's decision on the postseason ban that we got this past Sunday? Well, can you ban yourself from something that you weren't going to make in the first place? Uh, I think, no, no, I think that's I think that's what the NCAA is going to look at. This is not a it's not a legitimate penalty because you probably weren't going to make it anyways. And after Auburn's first two games, going into overtime with a team that went six and sixteen last year or whatever it was, and then you get I know you get blown out by Gonzaga. A lot of teams would, but Auburn's probably not making the postseason in basketball this year. And that's like Definitely me. Not. That's like. Well, that's like me banning myself from making a million dollars. I was just anything over my salary, I'm going to turn in. Well, I wasn't going to make anything above that anyway. So. Well, it's easy to say that about the St. Joseph's game and about the 6-26 and 26 part. But the program's been in the NCAA tournament recently. But also on top of that, Auburn's playing without Sharif Cooper. They, well, he's it's not going to Oh, we don't know that for a fact yet. And that's also bogus as well with the nature of his dad being an NBA agent. That's going to be something that the NCAA is going to stay. Oh, this guy can't play now. But still, I mean, we they're playing without their best player considerably. It's an odd year, and they just found out that they're not making the NCAA tournament. So I think that had a little bit to do possibly with the way that they performed against St. Joseph's. But St. Joseph's got some dudes. And then obviously Auburn got ran out of the gym against Gonzaga. This is the year to do it if you're, if you're doing a postseason ban. Here's the thing that I've told a lot of people asking me about this this week, though. We don't know if there's a notice of allegations on Auburn's campus right now. Publicly, it has not been reported. We don't know that. And so if this is just about Chuck Person, I think it's ridiculous that Auburn had to go and set a postseason ban for $1,900 that was paid back and the two players missed a year and a half of basketball. Like, that has been righted. And it also didn't have anything to do with Auburn because Auburn didn't cheat to get those guys on campus. It was about those guys retaining the services of advisors when they went to the NBA. And, oh, by the way, those guys didn't even go to the NBA. So, like, it's not like Auburn cheated to get an advantage over other teams. It had nothing to do with Auburn. It was just an assistant. Now, we don't know what Bruce Pearl knew. We don't know what anybody else knew or any other involvement. But the the scary fact for Auburn fans is they do not know if there's a notice of allegations on campus about what the NCAA investigated Auburn for all the way back in 2017. And they could be with stuff that's a whole lot worse than just the Chuck Person situation, which means this postseason ban could not be enough. There could be more years to come, and there could be scholarships forfeited. That would be a terrifying thing for this Auburn basketball program that's been really fun. Yeah, and I think that's when you, if you're an Auburn fan, you start asking yourself, what more is it? Because if it is only about the Chuck Person stuff, why are you giving yourself a postseason, Ben? Why not let the NCAA – if you don't think that what the NCAA was, could do is worse than a postseason ban, you don't put yourself under a postseason ban. Like, Auburn clearly feels like there's something bigger coming down the road, and they're trying to get out ahead of it. Similar to what Ole Miss did. You know, Ole Miss had a lot of self-imposed sanctions. Now, I'm, I'm sure Bruce Burrow wasn't calling escorts or anything, so let's not get those two intertwined. But you don't self-impose penalties – if you think that the NCAA was going to give you lighter penalties than what you imposed. And I don't think it's only Chuck Persons because, I, like you said, I don't think it can only be the Chuck Persons stuff. 
if you're talking about postseason bans and well, you're hoping that it's not bad enough to warrant another postseason ban. Like I think Auburn's basketball program, the way it's recruited, can survive if you know three or four scholarships get knocked away. I mean, Duke plays with a rotation of seven or eight guys every year. This, they've got, Auburn's got 17 underclassmen in their program, so like you can survive if you lose scholarships per year. It'll hurt you, but it won't like destroy you. I think a postseason ban and the scholarships you then begin to worry about possible annihilation because it's going to be hard to recruit guys to come here if they can't go and play in the NCAA tournament. But here's my question. If this is about Auburn, what's it going to be for LSU and, and Louisville and Arizona, some of these other programs that legit, like there's a documentary about what LSU did. I know, but like that's – did you ever get caught doing something when you were a kid and then when you got in trouble you tried to snitch on your brother or sister? What, what LSU and Louisville and them done has, has nothing to do with Auburn. I mean, I'm sure, listen, the NCAA is going to, they're coming for them. Don't worry. I just we'll want wait. equity and the punishment. The, I, I, well, you know, the NCAA doesn't have a lot of ground to stand on in a lot of respects. But they're going to come for Louisville. They're going to come for LSU. I still think they're heavily investigating Will Wade and LSU, and they're going to let them keep going. And they're going to let them keep cheating. And then when it comes down to it, LSU's like, I think they're very close to a death penalty type situation for what they've done over the last three or four years with Will Wade. But also, you got to remember, the NCAA didn't punish Auburn. Auburn just punished Auburn. Yeah. So, like, we can't get mad that the NCAA didn't take any measures on LSU right now because the NCAA is not the one that gave Auburn a postseason ban. Bruce Pearl gave Auburn a postseason ban. Yeah, and I the think the program gave itself a ban. I think the main thing that people have to be upset about right now with the NCAA is the Sharif Cooper stump because, I mean, from what it looks like, that's just an unfortunate nature of something that I'm, unless any wrongdoings occurred because we don't know any of that. And they're, they're investigating to see if there has been, but if none, and it's just about a guy's occupation, that, that's, that's tough sledding right there. Question number two, what did you see out of Auburn basketball this week? I know you touched on the St. Joseph game a little bit, and then Auburn got rocked by the best team in the country in Gonzaga. What did you see? I think that's what we kind of expected to see from Auburn early in this season without Sharif Cooper. You're going to struggle against some teams that you normally wouldn't struggle with, and everybody is going to get blown out by um, Gonzaga. I mean, if you're not a top-10 team, Gonzaga is going to get you, and that's what I saw. I didn't really expect anything different. Now, did I expect overtime with St. Joseph's? Probably not, but they knocked down some shots in the final 10 minutes of the second half to, to push that to tie that game up. So we'll see what Auburn can do down the road from now on. When a guy has 28 points, that you're, you're going to have a hard time not being in a basketball game. But then again, I do realize, I do remember the KT Harrell days at Auburn and those, those, those games shaking out that way. But here's what I took away from the St. Joseph camp. A lot of athleticism for Auburn. Justin Powell is my hero. That guy should be starting at point guard right now without Sharif Cooper because Turbo Jones' basketball IQ is a little bit too low for me at point guard, and I think he's forcing the issue. But I think that goes for a lot of these Auburn players. A lot of them are just the biggest knock on this Auburn team is that they're forcing the issue, but they're young. 17 underclassmen, only three juniors, no seniors. I mean, these guys are not going to make a lot of great basketball decisions, and I think they're doing just fine right now for their age and experience. I expect that Auburn to get destroyed by Gonzaga. 90-67 looks worse than a 23-point loss, but it was a 23-point loss. And uh, I've been impressed with Auburn's athleticism. Now in the Gonzaga game, I thought Auburn hung in the first half a little bit better than Kansas did against Gonzaga. And then the second half, the wheels just got blown off. So I'm impressed with Auburn's athleticism. Their length, their, defend, their defending's pretty good. I think that their shot blocking ability, they've still got a little bit uh, a little bit of a ways to go in like defending screens out on the perimeter. That they, They're letting too many threes fly right now. 
Gonzaga is going to do that to anybody, but St. Joseph's was a little concerning with how teams were shooting the three ball. Auburn's three-point shooting is better this year, and they're scoring better than I thought they were. So I'm excited to see how it comes. If Sharif Cooper ends up suiting up for Auburn, I think the team's going to be fine. I think they can end up still being a top-half team in the SEC this year and ruin somebody's season, you know, with a, with a loss late in the year that hurts them in seeding in the SEC tournament. But Auburn's year, it's just a scrimmage for their national championship run next year if they're not out of the postseason. Because Auburn's going to have a lit team next year with the number five overall recruit, Jabari Smith, coming in and the Trey Alexander. So I think Auburn will be fine in the future. This year it's just kind of a year to take it as practice, and that's how Auburn fans should take it as well. So question number three now, what would you see out of Alabama basketball thumping Jacksonville State? I mean, what can you take away from a game like that? You're playing a, a Jacksonville State. Now they shot the ball well. I thought Quinterly, high basketball IQ from JQ. I mean, the guy plays off the screen well. He attacks the bucket well. He, he, he distributes the ball well. I still think Alabama lacks in the big man department. I didn't really, wasn't really impressed with Bruner. We gave up to way too many second chance opportunities in the first half. But, you know, Shackelford continues to bury threes. John Petty, even though he started off cold, ended up getting six or seven buckets in the game. I mean, when you have Shaq, Petty, JQ, um, even Rojas coming out and playing so well in that game, Josh Primo able to come out and get buckets as a freshman, as still he's only 17 years old. I think uh, this year could be very bright for Alabama if they could figure out a way to limit offensive rebounds for the other team because you just you can't give up second-chance points in conference play. That's the difference between a seven-point victory and a five-point loss. I mean, you just cannot give up second-chance points, and they did that all throughout the first half against Jack, Jack State. Well, then moving to question number four here then, does it look like this team will live up to expectations? Did it at least, like, in the pit of your stomach get you a little bit excited for the future of this year? And the style of play is still fun, right? And I thought defensively they played much better than they did in at very, especially down the stretch last year. They played much better defensively in this first game against JSU. But, I mean, uh, they're still picked. I mean, they were picked to finish, what, sixth in the league? That's Auburn. a tournament team. I mean, it's still a tournament team, but I think Alabama fans want a little bit more. And if Josh Primo can become a great compliment to Quinterly this year and even when he's on the floor really being like that James Harden sixth man of the year when he was with OKC able to come in and you don't lose a beat at the point guard position I think Alabama can win some games and I think they'll even though they're picked to make the tournament I think that they could either go two ways they could really surprise some people and finish second or third in the league potentially right there in the third spot so kind of doubling up what people thought they could do or if they don't get better on the defensive end and um get better on the glass then they could easily be the you know this eighth or ninth best team in the league i think the the floor is really high for this alabama team like i think even alabama's floor could be not not as not as high as the ceiling for auburn but i, I definitely think they're in the same range in the sec like i think auburn's ceiling this year is like you know fifth or sixth right i don't think auburn's going to get any higher than that but i, I could see alabama's floor only being eighth uh, or ninth. I don't think that they fall that, that much low, lower than that. And I think that's where Auburn's residing right now in the league. So this Alabama team, and I think their ceiling, though, I think their ceiling could be as high as top three in the league with the amount of talent that they've got. This team's going to get better. They're going to improve. It's been an odd year. And once, if they can avoid, you know, getting ill and they can avoid losing some, some games that they that they lose in, in previous years. They, I mean, Alabama was 16 and 15 last year and lost some games they shouldn't have. They avoid the losing games that they shouldn't have. Alabama basketball is to Texas football. Like, if I was going to compare them to a team out there, I would say, like, Alabama basketball loses some of those nonsense games 
that uh, Alabama football loses some of those nonsense games that Texas loses in the Big 12 in football. And so that yeah. I, I see that comparison. All right, question number five. Team on the outside looking in at the playoff that's got the best shot of getting in. So none of those top four teams, which is Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson in no particular order other than Alabama in the right spot there. So outside of the top four, who do you think you get in? Oh, Florida. I think Florida's a definite lock right there. Um, I know that A&M would technically be sitting there with a kind of a head-to-head over them, but if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC title game, they're in. Also, Alabama can lose today or lose next week to LSU because that game has been moved. And as long as they win the SEC, they're in. So the SEC champion is the one that's getting in right now, and I really don't see... Now, let me ask you this. No, I know I'm going to straight for the question. If Alabama wins out in the regular season and loses in the SEC title game, are they in? Would you see two SEC teams in? I think so. I think with Alabama's strength of record is a whole lot more impressive than some of the other teams in the ACC. Like, I think at that point you don't see two ACC teams get in. I think you see the ACC champion get in. But my answer to this question is A&M. I actually think A&M's got the least opposition to get there. Now, of course, they've got to beat Auburn, which I think is still going to be a tough game at the end of the year. Uh, but other than beating Auburn, I mean, that's it. I mean, if, if you tell any one of those teams in the top six that you have to beat Auburn to get into the playoff, that's it. <laughs> you know, like they take that in a heartbeat, right? It's like AM's path to there is beat LSU and beat Auburn. Woo! You know, Alabama's got to beat Florida. I think Alabama's going to get there, and I think they're going to beat Florida. Florida's got to beat Alabama, you know? Like, when, I, when I'm comparing the two paths to get there, I'm like, ah, Florida's got to beat Alabama, A&M's got to beat Auburn. I'm going to take A&M in that scenario to have a better shot of getting in. My last question then for you then is this. Let's get a little wild. Let's just roll the dice here and say that somehow Auburn does beat Alabama today. And let's say Auburn wins out. Does Auburn get a look at it? Nah, they have the worst. They probably they would have the worst loss of any team sitting there trying to get in. But they'll have the best Jordan. win of any of those teams trying to get in. Yeah, but that I then Auburn would have to have one more win, and they don't. Like you can't find it on their resume right now, right? They did. They didn't beat Georgia. They got blown out in that one, and then they turned around and lost to a team that fired their coach. Yeah, I just think it's far too late for Auburn to even be. Not in my opinion, just for the college football playoff, it's just far too late for them to even be considered because you so lost wins to over Alabama and A&M isn't enough at the end of the year to, you know, exercise the demons from the first half of the year? Nah, no, not at all. You can't lose. I mean, they because you got to still realize Alabama would be an, still an SEC champion possibly. So, and then A&M, I don't know. I mean, Auburn, I guess, would beat A&M in that scenario. But I just thought and Auburn. Florida would be out of it, too, I think. I think you would put Alabama and Auburn in then. I think Auburn or Alabama would end up being that fourth team, ACC champion, then maybe Ohio State, too. Nah, listen, if if Clemson beats Notre Dame in that scenario, it would be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. And then you could still even, I mean, Iowa I State as a big should be left out in that scenario. Iowa State over Auburn? Like I, I Clem- if, if no, I'm saying if ball? Clemson if Clemson wins the ACC championship and then Auburn's gone on and beaten Alabama and A and M at the end of the year, I think their strength of record is more impressive than what Notre Dame did at all this year, which was only beating Clemson once without their starting quarterback, and then they lose to him in the ACC title game. I think you put in Auburn at that scenario. 
They had to play a full 10-game SEC no, schedule. There's no way you believe that. Knowing that they've been, their two losses were drummed by Georgia and they got beat by South Carolina. The only coach. reason why they would not get put in in that scenario is because and, and, and following here though, like you got to know that if Auburn were to do that, like you'd feel confident that they could beat Notre Dame in, in a one-on-one scenario there. Which at the end of the day, when they're ranking these teams, you're ranking who you think is better. You know that. You know you would think that Auburn could beat Notre Dame if they beat those schools. But also, like I, I'm looking That's at Notre Dame. The games have to matter, Noah, and I get so tired of all these teams trying to make their case for the playoff when they've done things like lose to South Carolina. The game, <laughs> that game mattered. The game mattered. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, this is a pre-recorded show. We're recording this while Notre Dame and North Carolina are playing. We don't even know how this one's going to turn out right now. That's fair. I, I think I think I'll, I'll stand by mine though. Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, and Clemson would be the four in, in that situation. Well, we don't even know. If, I mean, it could be Northwestern, right? I mean, Northwestern could win the Big Ten this year, for all we know. But that does it for Speed Round, brought to you by the Brown Insurance Agency. Life is coming at you fast, just like Speed Round. Make sure you and your family are in good hands by allowing Lance Brown to be a part of your team. He'll make sure that you understand your policy and that you're fully protected. Call Lance Brown Allstate at 334-758-0088 or visit at 3051 Frederick Road in Opelika. We got game picks coming your way here on the other side of this break. You're listening to On the Line with Noah Gardner and Jeremy Law. We'll be right back. This is On The Line. Wrapping up On The Line here with Noel Gardner and Jeremy Law on AU100, Kicks 96.3 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. It's time for game picks. And Jeremy and I had the exact same slate of picks last week, and we both went 7-2. and two. I'm still down one in the standings right now. Jeremy's at 65 and 28. I'm at 64 and 29. That's pretty good this year. When you look at other people, I see other people's records. I'm like, ah, that's terrible. Not for me. But for us, we're doing great. Let's start off. Kentucky at number six, Florida, 11 a.m. ESPN. Florida. There's just not a way. After what happened to Kentucky, now they've they're missing even more players and coaches in this game due to the coronavirus. And how even if they're full strength, how do they keep up with Kyle Trask and this Florida offense? Just no chance. Easy pick. I'll, I'll roll with you. Florida is going to continue to head on to that SEC championship and give Alabama probably a pretty, fo- pretty good football game. Maryland yeah. at number 12, Indiana, 11 a.m. ESPN 2. Super impressed with Indiana. If they don't have three turnovers last week, they're on top of the Buckeyes. And where are the Buckeyes right now? We still don't know about them. Very impressed with Indiana. They win this one. I think so, too. I, th- I think they're – I think – after last week, I said I thought that that team would still be the second-best team in that division. I think they're the second-best team in the conference behind Ohio State. Like, I think they would beat Northwestern right now if they were to play. So, I like this Indiana team, too. But I've also been impressed with Talia Tagovailoa and Coach Loxley and the Maryland Terrapins this year. They've 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 improved under that coach, and I'm kind of shocked to have seen it because I thought this Maryland program would continue to be in the cellar in the Big Ten. I think Indiana is going to win here, but I wouldn't be shocked if some points were scored in this one. Number eight, Northwestern at Michigan State, 230 ESPN. Northwestern, this is their year. It's been three or four years since they were relevant, and they pop up this year. They're leading their division after a win over Wisconsin, a win that none of us really saw coming. We thought Wisconsin was the best team in their division. Pat Fitzgerald always gets these Wildcats going, doesn't he? And he keeps them going against Michigan State and uh, Carl Tucker. At some point, I have to pick an upset here, and it's not this one. I could see letdown game here possibly because Michigan State, obviously what they did to Michigan was at the time 
surprising, but I think this Michigan State team has the talent to be the team like Northwestern, but I don't think they will because Northwestern's defense is going to travel on the road. I think that that benefits a road team like Northwestern uh, in a game like this when your defense can can come and play as well as they did last week against Wisconsin. I think they'll do it again this week against Michigan State. So still three for three here. I'm picking the same Northwestern. Mississippi State at Ole Miss, 3 p.m. SEC Network, Egg Bowl, as awful as always. Man, how about Mississippi State last week? How? Where did that come from? They barely even have a roster left. I don't know how. The same thing with Kentucky and Florida. I don't know how Mississippi State can keep up with this Ole Miss offense. Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, Egg Bowl. It's when these two were hired. This is all we talked about, how fun this would be. You got Leach. It's not fun. Uh, it hasn't been fun. It's been ugly for Not both fun. of them at this point, but this game will be fun. I really do think it will. I like Ole Miss. I think a lot of points are going to get thrown up in this one. I mean, Ole Miss's defense is awful. I think that's going to benefit Mississippi State. And then Mississippi State's defense is pretty good. Let's let's be real about it. They've, they've played well this year. I think they've been one of the better units in our league against – and have they played Alabama yet? Who? Mississippi State. Yeah, they got shut out, 35 nothing. That's right. I remember. See, it still held Alabama to 35 points, though. Same against Georgia in the low 30s. Like, I think they've played pretty well on the defensive side of the ball. If I'm going to pass you in the standings, I'm going to be real. I got to do it here. Egg ball. I'm going to take Mississippi State. This is the one game on the slate, though, here that I'm like, yeah, I'll pick an upset. Mississippi Mm -hmm. State at Ole Miss. If if we're taking one this week. So, I'll take the Bulldogs in this one. LSU at 5, Texas A&M, 6 p.m. ESPN. A&M. Hey, and I like Kellen Mond this year. I like Jimbo Fisher this year. I hate everything about LSU. They're about to get drummed back-to-back weeks now that that uh, Alabama-LSU game has been moved to this week. I mean, next week. So, uh, give me A&M big in this one. Whatever the line is, I'm going to take the over. LSU was surprising against Arkansas. I don't know if that was more about LSU being surprising. Or I think that's more of Arkansas being surprising, actually. I think that's more of like, I was shocked that Arkansas couldn't score on LSU, I was very yeah. underwhelmed with the Razorbacks' performance last week. You and I both picked Arkansas to win that game. LSU, it's not like they played above what their standard has been this year. They were still below average. Arkansas just couldn't quite get past them. I hate it for them because most years Arkansas is not going to be able to beat LSU. It's just not mm-hmm. going to happen. This was their year that they could possibly pass them. AM's and going to route LSU in this one, though. Number nine, Georgia at South Carolina, 6.30 p.m. SEC Network. I'll pick this for both of us. Georgia's going to run over the South Carolina team that's given up hope this year. Utah at Washington, 6.30 p.m. ABC. Mm, I don't know anything about either of these teams, Noah. Utah what lost to USC last week, and Washington's 2-0. Yeah. and up. Uh, man, who's <laughs> even coach? Jimmy, Jimmy Lake is coaching Washington now. That Peterson's gone. I don't know. Give me Washington. Dude, Washington is – dude, they're the model of consistency in the last decade in the Pac-12. Give me Washington. I agree with that statement. I'll go with you there, too. Last one. Save the best for last. Iron Bowl here, number 22, Auburn at number one, Alabama, 2.30 p.m. CBS. Give me a pick and a score. Auburn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you picked Auburn last year. I did. I did. I did. And I was correct. I just knew without Mac, without Tua last year and that banged up defense on the road at Jordan-Hare, it was going to be tough. This year, although on the road in Bryant-Denny with no fans, you can probably wash out the road team in this one just because they're not really going to feel like the road team. Just give me Alabama. I think I still like Alabama to score 40. I uh, kind of like your assessment. I'm going to go like 45-17 Alabama. I'm trying to figure out, once again, what kind of year this is, if it's 2016 or 2018. I think Auburn's going to be more competitive than they were in 2018, but I think the defensive performance 
is more like 2018 than it was at 16. Because Auburn's defense in 16 kept it close. The offense was putrid. In 2018, both both sides of the ball was putrid, but it, it at least there was some type of defense played in 16. I, I, didn't, I think that it's more of a schematic difference between these teams than anything. I think, like, obviously Alabama's more talented and their offense is just torching anybody, anything and everything in their way, but I even think the schematics of this game benefits Alabama more than in most years because Auburn's going to trot out nickel. They're going to they're gonna have five defense backs on the field, two linebackers, and Alabama's going to – and that's to match Alabama's wide receiver personnel. But here's the thing. Alabama runs the ball better than most teams do when they have less blockers on the field. Alabama can have five offensive linemen, and that's it. They don't have it. They don't have to have a tight end on the field. And Alabama still puts a tight end on the field in most sets. Alabama is going to break Auburn apart inside the tackle box because Auburn's not going to have the numbers to stop the run in the interior. And Najee Harris looks great right now, and so or has looked great for the past couple of years, and he's. He's every week there's a highlight for him breaking away for 40, 50 yards. So I think we're going to see that multiple times against Auburn. I just have a hard time believing that Auburn's going to be able to fill the gaps. And if Auburn can't stop the run and make a little bit of just uncomfortable – like Auburn was able to get after Mac Jones last year. They were able to put pressure on him, make him make mistakes. I don't see a pass rush. I don't see Auburn being able to run stop here. I think Alabama scores 49 easy. And then maybe wow. Auburn maybe Auburn gets into the 20s. You think Alabama can score seven touchdowns? I do. And I don't think there will be remorse. Here's the reality of it. I, I said at the beginning of this year that I thought this game would be close, but that Alabama, and this was before we even saw any of these teams play, I thought that Auburn was going to be an improved team this year, which in some areas I think they've improved. In other areas I think they've regressed. I said that no way Auburn beats Alabama two years in a row because Nick Saban doesn't let that happen to him. The only team that ever did that to him was Ole Miss. But then on top of that, this Alabama team is going to want to punish Auburn for what occurred last year. They are going to want revenge, and we know that's true. And Alabama's got the firepower to unload everything on Auburn. And I, I, I totally see that happening. Alabama is going to score and score and score because they can. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong, <laughs> but I don't think I am. I mean, I'm not dogging Auburn here. It's just the reality of the situation. Alabama's off. Alabama's the best team in the country. They really should win this national championship. And, and now I think we've gotten enough of a sample size from Ohio State to know that they can't play defense either. And, I mean, they gave up 35 to an Indiana offense that was only having over like 300 yards a game, like 350 a game or something like that, which is not good in this day and age in college football. It's It's above average to average. Indiana's offense is not like one of the best in the country. They got a great quarterback and Michael Penix, but that's it. Like they don't have much outside of that. And the fact that Ohio State's given up a ton of rush yards per game, they give up 35 to Indiana after getting three turnovers. Like I don't think that this Ohio State defense has much of a claim to be able to stop Alabama. And and if you remember last week, Justin Fields turned the ball over a lot. He had more picks than he had touchdowns, and so. This Ohio State team, I think, showing a little bit more weakness than we thought they would, and I, that's not going to work against this Bama team. The, o- the only other team that I think that could even give Bama a game is Clemson. But, I I mean, they even lost to Notre Dame. The way that Notre Dame was able to score on that defense, and granted there were a couple players out, but I that still doesn't hold a lot of weight to me. I think Clemson could be at full strength on defense and still not have enough to match up with Alabama's offensive weapons. Everybody just has to stay healthy. I agree. Should be a good one today, buddy. That does it for another edition of On the Line here at AU100, Kicks 96.3 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. We'll be back next week with you. Same time, same place. Don't go anywhere. You know where to find us. God bless everybody.
Thanks for listening to On the Line, a product of Radio Alabama Sports. To follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, find Radio Alabama Sports. For more episodes and show notes, visit RadioAlabamaSports.net.